1: Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our good friends over at ScentLock. I was just in the process last week of trying to get clothes um, situated and everything for my upcoming seasons, and what I absolutely love about ScentLock is... The fact that no matter how hot, no matter how cold, no matter the the, the weather or what conditions it throws at you, inside of their BE-1 toolkit, they have built a complete toolkit for bow hunters, and it will get you from early season to late season with some incredible features built in for bow hunters. So I would highly recommend you to go check out ScentLock if you have not yet. I've got a special guest. You guys have heard me. You've heard me rave about NZ Campers. Um, I have had the pleasure of seeing... a. a couple different campers, um, and I've always been blown away by the craftsmanship, by the innovation, by the way they're built, and now I've got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. David Curtis himself on the phone. How are you, man?
0: Good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a pleasure, as always.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time coming.
1: Yeah, we were supposed to, uh, David stopped by my house. Um, When was that?
0: We stopped by. It was last August. Last um,
1: August. Yeah, it's we been got,
0: that long. Yeah, man.
1: Well, August we were is coming out up. In
0: Tennessee. Last. You're due for year. another visit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So anytime we head east, now you're kind of like right in between. Yes. Where we want to get to, so your house is now our uh, our halfway uh, middle of the night stop from now on.
1: That's what I'm talking about. No, <laughs> it was a it. It was a pleasure and we 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 planned on trying to do a podcast then um but we got busy we had all of our kids running around playing and and Dave took some shots with the recurve that was fun but uh we got busy and didn't get one recorded so now we're uh almost a year <laughs> behind on getting it done
0: <laughs> Hey better late than never huh
1: Yes sir better late than never So before we jump in where did this idea of the NZ camper come from
0: so honestly, um, I never intended this to become a business. Um, it was in 2020 when I built the first camper and it was just for myself, my family, kind of a personal project. We were locked down had nothing to do. But the idea was always there in my head. Um, we had our fair share of campers, pop ups, tents, we slept in wall tents all the works and there are pros to cons to each but i've always had the idea of building something out uh, more personal you know me and my family we do a lot of hunting trips but we also do camping trips together things of that nature and so i wanted something more that was built around um what we do and some of the needs that i really wanted within a camper and it just wasn't out there in the rv world so uh that's what i did i kind of just on a whim, went and picked up a trailer. My wife had no idea. I just strolled in with this <laughs> eight and a half by eighteen trailer and she said, What is that? I said, It's gonna be our camper. Um and so uh, you know, spring of twenty twenty I kinda put pen to paper and just kinda designed it for us and threw some boot dryers in there, something to hold our rifles, bows, um, things like that. I got tired of cleaning out campers and the carpet and all that stuff. And to be honest, there's so much in our old um, campers that we had that we never even used. It just t- took up wasted space. So yeah, I did that. I think mean, got a ton of interest from friends and, you know, family and people that just got eyes on it and thought, you know, this could maybe be something. So it was actually my wife that convinced me to maybe turn it into a business. And ever since it's just been nonstop, man, there's a huge, mar- I mean, people like you and I, we know what we want. It's something that, yeah, that uh, will suit um, people like us, and you know I'm not the only one out there that can utilize something like this. So yeah, turn it into a business, and it's been awesome ever since.
1: Well, that's what that's what when I saw them when I first stumbled upon Enzy, I was just like, yes, like absolutely, hundred um, percent. And reason, and it, it, it's exactly what you just said because hunters know what we need in a camper. Like I don't want to go buy a fifth wheel. Because A, I want somewhere to pull my four wheelers, golf carts, whatever. Um, You know, I want meat storage. I want, you name it. Uh, And really, it's probably not going to get where I want to go in the mountains. Um, And so when I saw this, is self-sufficient the word to use here? Like, are they built self-sufficient?
0: Yeah. So that's one of the aspects. There's a lot of aspects, you know, the durability, the functionality, the... The efficiency of, of the camper is something that you can just take in the backwoods and and it perform the way you want it to perform. Uh, you know, we do solar. I mean, we have a whole list of add ons you can do: um, solar, lithium batteries um, that are pretty self sufficient. You don't have to do anything with them. But yeah, built more for the hunter in mind. And you, Dylan, know a lot of easterners that come out west to hunt and they end up bringing a cargo trailer with them anyways for all their gear and yeah, 100%. and whatnot. So, you know, that, you know, same concept If you're going to bring all your gear and a trailer like that, you might as well sleep, sleep in it. it you when might you get as well there. make it comfortable. Yep.
1: I, uh, we just recently went on a road trip. We started in Kansas, uh, went through New Mexico, went through, uh, Arizona, Oh, Utah, Colorado, um, for nine days, tent camping. It was a horrible idea to tent camp for nine days with kids. But, um, halfway through the trip, I looked at Chrissy and I said, it's time for an NZ. <laughs> like that would be so much easier.
0: <laughs> you know, you got to at least tent camp a few times in your life, especially with kids. Give them that experience. Yeah. Teach them how to pitch a tent. And I still like that every once in a while. Oh, hundred percent. Just me or if it's just me and a kid. But yeah, when you're haul and that was another thing. Our We've got four kids and, you know, they're starting to get into hunting. My daughter's 12 this year, so she'll be hunting big game. And so I wanted that experience to be, you know, um, comfortable, meaningful and comfortable. Enjoyable, for them.
1: yeah.
0: Enjoyable, exactly. And plus, not to mention, you know, it's one thing hauling your gear around, but then you start thinking oh, about yeah. kids' gear and the things you want for them to be comfortable. And so it just adds up. You know, we used to have a pop-up camper. And those are nice. They're lightweight. You know, you can kind of take them anywhere, but the storage, like you couldn't put anything in it. You know, when you collapse it, you could throw a few bins in the bottom of it, but that was it. So yeah. we couldn't bring all of our gear with us. So that's kind of where it all came from and still tweaking a lot of the things, getting feedback from from others. But um, yeah, it's, we're having a blast doing it. That's for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. I heard one guy, um, I had this conversation not so long ago. I hadn't even shared this with you yet, but. One guy said, Yeah, but 23 grand for a camper. Um, and he was looking at the one of the whitetails ones. Said, 23 grand for a camper. And I said, you're right. I said, but I said, how much in the long run, how much would that save you? He's like, What do you mean? And I'm like, Well, dude, I mean, if I drive to to Idaho for a hunt, I'm headed to Idaho this this fall for a Elk and Bear combo. If I drive there, you know, that's two nights in a hotel on the way there, two nights in a hotel on the way back we'll go, I, I get a cheap hotel for a hundred bucks a night. I'm already 400 bucks into staying on my way there. Um, and, and when I get there, you know, if it's a place where you got to rent your own lodging or, or whatever, you know, now you're looking at nine days of the hunt where I've got to spend nine days paying for, you know, a hunting cabin or a hunting lodge or, or whatever it might be. So now you're 1200 bucks into that. So in one hunting trip, you're 1,600 in on just staying the night, on just sleeping. And with a camper, I pull over on the side of the road, hop in the camper, get a good night's sleep, keep driving, didn't pay a dime. I get there, I don't have to get lodging. I set up my camper, I don't pay a dime. Um, and so I really started looking at that. And I'm like, in the long run, dude, you'd be saving some coin. Like, for real, especially on a nine-day you know, trip where you know, if, if you look at, well... I I went on a shoot not too long ago and my cabin while I was there cost me 1600 bucks just for, for a shoot, pull the camper. I just saved 1600 bucks. It's as easy as that. It's going to pay for itself. It's going to be far more comfortable than, than setting up a tent to try to save money. Just something to think about.
0: Yeah. And I'll add a little bit to that. Um, no, first of all, I think, and I've been hunting long enough to know that, being able to rest and recover at night is huge, oh. especially if you're putting in the miles day after day after day. If you're sleeping in a tent and you get up next morning and your back feels like you've been sleeping on rocks all night, you're not going to be able to to perform the way you want to. So there's that. And then I guess I should explain a little bit more about what we do. So we, our, our campers are basically cargo conversions. So we'll take a trailer. First of all, it could be brand new. Um, it could be used. We just did a build for um, Ryan Lampers this um, past spring, and he already had um, the trailer. Ryan Lampers, stealthy hunter on Instagram, a lot of people follow him, but uh, he already had the trailer himself. He already purchased it. He was kind of doing the same thing already. He had some cots in there that he was sleeping in. So we already took the already purchased trailer and just built it out for him. So you know, our builds could be anywhere from ten or fifteen thousand to you know. 40, 45,000, it, it all just depends on what you want in it. Um, how many you want to sleep, how simple you want it, how complex you want it. So, you know, if you look on our website, we kind of have some pricing ideas for, for build outs, but really it just depends on, on what you yeah. want and what kind of person you are. We can do a small little six by eight trailer and just throw a few folding beds in there and maybe a cabinet or two. Um, so we try and keep give the client as much, um, Play as 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 um, we can give them, you know, based off their needs and their budget. So,
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, before we move on, which I didn't tell you what I wanted to talk to you about um, because I wanted to catch you off guard. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but before we jump into it, um, I got to give a quick thank you to our friends over at SeasonReport.com. Season Report is one of those things, and and I don't say this lightly, uh, has truly changed the game for me. Um, It is a full modernized hunting almanac that looks at uh, the entire ecosystem around you. It tells you when to hunt, where to hunt, how to hunt, um, making sure you're inside of all the season dates, rules, regulations, bag limits. and even outside of hunting, uh, with gardening, it tells you when to plant your seeds and when to um, when local berries, mushrooms, wild grapes, and all those things are are in season around you. Um, it is truly an almanac, and then it, it really is going to help you take that you know what you grew in your garden or what you found wild mushrooms or or anything like that, and how to pair it with your wild game. Um, so it really truly is um, an all around hunting almanac. How I use it is, you can look at your Different places you hunt. So I've got property in Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Kansas, Missouri, um, and I can look at that on a calendar view. So I can see when all the season dates open for each place, um, when they overlap, when you know they close, when rifle seasons overlap with bow seasons. All of the cool things that I need to plan out my season uh, on a calendar view for each place I hunt. I would highly recommend you checking out seasonreport.com. You can use code HUNTING101. That's all caps, HUNTING101. And that's going to make that entire platform, that entire website, just $10 for the entire year. That's the best way I've ever spent $10. Um, So I would highly recommend you to check it out. No more clunky state agency websites. You can check out all the rules, laws, regulations on one place. Easy to understand. Easy to use. Go check out seasonreport.com. Dave, um, that's what I want to talk to you about um, is you have, I don't know how long ago this started for you, but you have um, began butchering, processing the entire from field to fork for your kids, for your wife, for yourself. You have taken that entire process and and ran with it. Um, in an incredible way, I might add. I've had some of your elk it's to die for. Um, what kind of sparked that interest of like, you know what, this is my meat. I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. So let me go back to the beginning. I don't think I've ever even really shared this story a part of my life. It was 10 years ago this year. Um, uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I was with her in the doctor's office and I kind of went through that with her. And, uh, I actually never forget after we left that first um, appointment, I invited my mom back to our place to get some pizza and, you know, just binge out on some junk food, comfort food, right? I remember my mom telling me, I don't think I'll be eating, you know, pizza for a while. And up until that point, I was like not a very healthy person. Sure, I played sports and did all these, you know, athletic things. But food, you know, wasn't really a big thing to me. And, um, long story short, my mom's still alive. She changed her, her diet, her lifestyle. I watched her go through that. She, you know, um, grew a garden. She, she juiced, she ate clean everything. And so I watched her go through that as that was kind of the start of my journey toward food. Right. And, and that's kind of when I started to, to hunt more, fish more. You know, we used to have this huge garden, um, when we lived at our old house. And so, over time that relationship with my food um, began to grow and so even in terms of hunting like i want it to be a part of the entire process um i want it to be the one to take the shot to to pack it out on my back um to you know process it out to to um, do all the processing at home the the meat grinding the smoking all of it so we do it all our styles, we try and get as involved as possible. I love it, man. There's something powerful about, you know, that relationship that you have with your food. Um, You know, that's part of the reason why I love hunting so much is because you're a part of it all. You were a part of the entire process, you know? Um, nothing Nothing against against the the, the, the innovation today where you can just order anything and it show up at your doorstep i think that's (laughs) great but i think everyone there's two things i think everyone should try um missions just being a part of something completely outside of your world um and hunting just because of the experience and what your eyes are are open to knowing where your food comes from so that's kind of the story in a nutshell but uh yeah, I love it. And I think it's also important as parents and as adults to, to really impress those things onto your kids, the things that are important to you, whether it's your faith, your family, fitness, hunting, fishing, all that stuff, because you see the world around us and how it's kind of spiraling out of control. And I believe that, you know, there's really yeah. no one to blame but yourself and to, to be a part of that change and to show your kids, um, those important things that, that you hold on to.
1: No, absolutely. Speaking of kids, uh, it seems as though you really try to get your kids involved in the, um, process of the butchering and the preparing of the meat. Um, do you think that helps with the introduction to the hunting lifestyle and to this is why we hunt and this is why we do what we do?
0: Yeah. I mean, we all know how kids are so impressionable, right? And I think you should start at an early age, teaching them the, the core values of life, um, some of my kids are in the shop, you know, helping me put cabinets together. Um, we go hunting together, we process together. And so introducing those things at, at an early age, um, is, you know, vital. And it's honestly like for my kids, that's just what they know. We, we hunt, we fish, we process, you know, and I'll tell you what, man, we don't waste anything, that's for sure. Uh, every speck of meat, um, we, d- we don't waste um, um, at all just because we're a part of it all, you know?
1: Yeah, no, and I think that, you know, I think if you can really truly get people invested in the process, then they understand more so than just like, wait a minute, you that we get meat from the animals that we harvest. And I think the earlier we get them involved in that process of seeing like, hey, dude, when we pull this thing apart, it's full of meat. And that's, you know, we take that meat and we, and I think once we break down those barriers of of misunderstanding of like where meat comes from, And, you know, I didn't just go out and kill this and all of a sudden, you know, I get meat. Um, It really, truly helps them with the understanding of, okay, my dad is a hunter because. um, And I want to be a hunter because. Um, So I I really, I admire you for the way that you not only get your kids involved in hunting and in the outdoor lifestyle, but even more so in the meat processing side of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we love it. It's so important to know where, where your food comes from you know, whether you're a gardener or a forager or a hunter. Um, I just think it's awesome.
1: Now, has there been, has there been that like light bulb moment for your kids in the, in the processing, you know, process that that's a stupid way to say it (laughs) in the breaking down of an animal process? Has there been that like light bulb moment of like, Oh, now I get it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, whether you're Gotten out a fish or processing a big bull elk, you know, kids are kind of fascinated with that stuff. Um, regardless, at least my kids are. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, especially when you're in part, you're a part of the entire process when you're eating that homemade pepperoni pizza, and and they were involved in you know <laughs> breaking down the muscles and finding out which cuts are best, grinding the meat up adding the spices smoking it and you know casing it and then eventually slicing it and putting it on your pizza like i I see it in them like oh okay I, i get it now as opposed to just ordering something from the restaurant and having no idea what it is you're eating or where it comes from so yeah we do it all we do the entire processing ourselves um you know like i said we used to have this huge garden so um just being a part of that experience um it's not only important for me, but yeah, for my kids. Uh,
1: you know, Dave, I think the biggest issue, and it's not only with kids, I think it's with all of society, is there's this, this void because we put blinders on one way or the other. You know, hunting, for instance, we've either put blinders on to the killing side of things and only show the meat-eating side of things – or we've put blinders onto the meat eating side of things and only show the bloody harvest and the look how cool I am with my photos in the field. Um, and so if we've put blinders on the meat eating side of things, then we're only viewed as murderous hunters who don't care about the animal, who don't who don't utilize the meat. And then if we put blinders onto the harvesting side of things, we expect people to just accept the meat and, and appreciate the meat like we do. And and we put it in front of them and they don't they don't appreciate it like we do well it's because we completely put blinders on to the you know what this took months and months of work this took months and months of practice and preparation and then i spent 9 days in the field and hiked 76 miles and <laughs> packed it out in 3 days and hard, you know all this stuff we put blinders on that well then we just expect them to appreciate the meat as we do And they're not ever going to because we've blinded them to the process of it. And so, and it goes way beyond hunting. People don't know their meat at all. You know, people have been completely blinded to the giant factories where their chickens are being raised for their nuggets. People have put blinders on to the massive cattle ranches that their meat comes from. All they know is meat they're eating. All they know is I went to the grocery store and picked this up. People don't know their meat at all anymore. And we as hunters, we're not helping at all when we put blinders on our children, our spouses, our friends, our family to the meat side of things or to the hunting side of things, we need to show them the entire process from start to finish. That way we're not viewed as, as murderous, bloodthirsty hunters, but then vice versa. We're not viewed as, as, you know, or or they don't get the view of unappreciated
0: meat. And here's this meat I'm supposed to enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, Agree more. And that's why I think it's important, excuse me, to be as transparent as you can. You know, social media probably makes that kind of hard because of all the sensitivity stuff that they block. But the least you can do is just be completely transparent um, to your immediate circle, your family, your kids. You know, everyone wants to change the world through social media or through whatever it is. But I say change your family tree, you know, change your home, um, be the kids yeah. within your own, own home and, you know, teach your kids to do, do the same thing, you know, eventually they're going to, uh, their circle of influence will be their home and so forth. So it starts small. I think it's important to be faithful in those small things um, because that's really the only way change can happen. And I agree. I think hunters get a, a bad rap just because, um, you know, off well, for a variety of, um, reasons killing or whatever um, but you know the idea of not hunting honestly is a relatively new thing when you look at it from a 30,000 foot view it wasn't long ago that was the only way you ate that was the only way you put food on the table is to go out, hunt, gather, grow your own food and so you know it's it's been lost so so quickly um, but I'd rather, I prefer to know where my food comes from I prefer to, it to be clean, you know, um, and not factory raised, um, or grown. Um, so yeah, I think we, we get a uh, bad reputation, but, um, you know, personally, I, I, I rather, um, know where my food comes from. Um, so it's a tough thing to, tough thing to balance, but you know, the, the, the best you can do is is just be transparent about the, the entire, the entire process, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely, dude! If you told somebody a hundred years ago, "I don't hunt," uh, it's it's unethical. It's on. Un- okay, then what do you eat? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you told my great grandfather, even my grandfather, "Hey, we don't hunt. We don't believe in killing stuff." You know. Okay, then where are you going to get your food from? You know, but again, society has started putting on these blinders to where people don't have to see the blood and the gore and the all they get's the meat. You know they've started putting on these blinders, and now it's just easier for people to accept. I go to the to local grocery store and pick up my meat and throw it on the grill. I don't have to see that side of things. I don't have to look at that side of things. I don't have to to recognize where my meat comes from. And now we have this society of people who don't know their meat at all. Like they don't know where yeah. it's coming from. They don't know what it's been injected with. They don't know who is who's preparing it, who's packaging it. They just get meat.
0: That's all they care about. And we you put know, blinders. Uh, I was going to say, I, I honestly, I just don't get it, Dylan, because I know there are some, um, you know, vegans that don't have anything to do with animals whatsoever, any byproduct. And I could at least get that part of it if that's the lifestyle you choose. But if you're a person that is anti hunting, but you eat meat or eat anything from an animal, I, I just don't get it because as hunters, we know that it's cleaner. Um, than anything you, you would eat from a factory farm, um, or whatever, maybe whether it's red meat, chicken, poultry, whatever, you know, the, the, the animals that, that we harvest and kill and process is much cleaner and lived a much better life than, than what you would have from a factory farm. So I honestly just don't get it. And that's partially due to like what we were saying before is just being open and transparent about the entire process. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're not helping anybody. You know, I mean, I I understand that. I understand the idea of blinding your children and and your spouse or your friends or your, you know, your vegan cousin or whatever. I understand the idea of blinding them to one of the two things. I understand that, but you're not helping anyone by doing so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, especially with those that, and there are very few i don't know any that hunt like what they call trophy hunting or whatever just hunt or kill just to kill and you're not consuming the meat i don't know anyone like that out there um but i think that's kind of the the, the stigma that we get as we kill just to kill um i've taught my kids from an early age if you're going to kill something you're going to eat it so if they're killing a squirrel or whatever it is then They're going to eat it because we don't kill just to kill. We, you know, we, we kill, we harvest to, to put food on the table. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now I'm just waiting for one of your kids to mess up and stomp on a grasshopper and say, "Now, how are you going to prepare
0: that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've had, I think we've made them eat grasshoppers. I know I have, my wife has, um, they're kind of freaked out about that, but yeah, (laughs) it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be, um out of the ordinary for me to make my kids eat a grasshopper (laughs) put it that way
1: yeah uh before we move on let me give a quick shout out to my my friends my uh my guys over at boning uh they are no stranger to the game the blazer vein is the most sold vein in history Uh, but there's so much more than the blazer vein Uh, my favorite fletching configuration is a four-fletch with their heat vein it's a phenomenal setup They have all the tools you need to build your own arrows, all the jigs, everything to uh, fletch your own arrows. They've got tons of different veins. So whether you're shooting 3Ds, indoors, hunting, they've got the veins for you. They also have some incredible Fredbear branded uh, products, which I absolutely love the Fredbear camo wraps. It'll match that bow if you're shooting a Fredbear camo bow. So go check out Boning and all of their amazing products. So Dave, uh, what's your, your processing 101 tip? the guy who has decided um i'm done with butchers i'm done with um just dropping it off at the shop and letting them chop it up and cook it what's your start here tip for processing
0: your own meat um I'll, i'll give my opinion as far as um um just uh equipment so it, if you've never processed yourself the one thing i will encourage people to splurge a little bit of money on is a good mm-hmm. grind, grinder because other than your steaks and your roast and things like that everything's going to eventually get grinded up if you're making whatever Polish sausage pepperoni summer sausage um different types of sausages or just ground uh hamburger it's all going through that grinder we use our grinder to the stuff into casings and and do all that so I would say get yourself a good grinder um because it'll make a world of difference. I know some that have tried processing, but because they had such a dinky grinder that you bought from Walmart for 20 bucks off the clearance rack, then they just got sick of it because it takes hours and hours to try and, yeah. and um send through the grinder. So get yourself a good grinder from there. There's so much good tips out there on, on YouTube. Um, as far as the different things you can do with your meat. Um, you know, we, we do all sorts of different types of sausages and, and we smoke it all. We do it all, all in one, one batch. Um, but yeah, I'd say just get yourself, get yourself a good grinder.
1: So are you a, a dry ager, wet ager? How do you, how do you set up your, your meat
0: like that? Uh, dry age. Um, we pitched in years ago, a group of us pitched in on a nice, walk in the refrigerator and so uh hang it i like i've been playing around with it a little bit more i've been going longer and longer each year uh, started with like a week two weeks now i've been aging even longer than that three four weeks sometimes um the trick is just a cool place that's got good air circulation um you know if you happen to get a little bit of mold on on the outside of your meat you can just cut it off but i really truly believe like the longer you age it the better it is. Have you found that that breaking point of like, all right, that was too much? No, not yet. <laughs> He's not like, I'm yet. gonna try it, so. <laughs> <laughs> gonna keep going longer each year, and some of it is just because you know, in the fall, you know, we hunt gun, bow, all of it. um You know, we do a lot of water waterfowl hunting in the fall too. So we get so busy, I sometimes forget oh, I got meat hanging in the freezer. I got to go. Yeah. Do that. I like to. I like to do it all at once too. So sometimes we'll wait like beyond archery season, or you know, at the end of rifle season to try and do it all all in one batch. And so sometimes we age it shorter, sometimes longer, just because we try and do it all in one batch. But no, I I think the longer the better, honestly.
1: Now, if I recall, um, you had a pretty sweet story. Um, you shot a nice uh, uh, antelope last year um antelope uh doe um but it was a cool story on how that played out wasn't it
0: yeah so antelope i if anyone's ever hunted antelope they'll know how tough it is to hunt with a bow especially in, in open country and uh i honestly like i'm kind of relatively still new i consider myself a new bow hunter um so i'm by no means an expert on bow hunting uh, because i started hunting um, primarily with a gun but i've been chasing antelope for the longest time um and haven't had any luck i love hunting spot and stock style um uh, i'm not i I just get too impatient sitting in a blind or or anything like that in a tree so um last year was my i think my third year hunting antelope on spot and stock style and man they're they're just so tough tough to get close um but uh that particular hunt it was the first day and i happened to spot a little group i honestly wasn't i i I actually didn't go out to hunt i was just driving by and i have to have my bow with me and i thought yeah i'll maybe take you know, try and make a move on, on this group, and and so I did. And I won't bore you with all the details, but there was another buck that came in, and he was kind of fighting with the with the lead buck, so all the does kind of uh, got uh, a little distracted, and um, and I had a doe tag, and um, one, the lead doe happened to kind of step in front of me, and it was a sixty-five yard shot, I think it was, and for those that no antelope 65 yards oh. and a tiny tiny doe like that looks like a speck through your through your, through your sight. And um, so yeah, man, I I just let it fly. You're never gonna hit that 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 you don't shoot. So um yeah, I happened to hit her right in the heart, man. It was a pearl perfect shot. Um man, she didn't she didn't even go 10 yards. Um so perfect shot. Um, you know, we're still eating that animal uh and to this day um it, it it's great meet. that's awesome man that is awesome dave where can they find you at where can they check out nz campers yeah nzcampers.com Um uh, we're also on instagram at Campers. we throw most of our content up on instagram um so you could uh email us uh dm us there uh, Kenzie Campers um, on Instagram. Um, I love chatting with people. I, I get a lot of just questions about, oh yeah, I've been wanting to do something like this, so I'm working on this. So I'm always um, chatting with people on some of the things um, that we've done. You know, honestly, like I love, I got team working for me. I love putting campers together, but more than anything, I just love the relationships. Getting to know people like-minded, people like you, um, that I can uh, stop by when we're driving through Kansas. <laughs> and say, will you will you take us and our kids for a night, please? Anytime, my friend.
1: Anytime. No, um, guys, I would highly recommend you check out NZ Campers, especially if you're in the market for a camper. Don't buy us thinking pre-made fifth-wheel camper. It's not gonna fit your needs as a hunter. Um, and they're not near a school. So go check out NZ Campers, that's E-N-Z-Y Campers. Uh, before we go, one shout out to my boys over at minus thirty-three. I've been wearing nothing but Minus 33 Merino wool for the better part of six years now. Um, I haven't worn another pair of socks in two years. Everything I wear, whether I'm going hunting, fishing, hiking, mountain biking, to the gym, to church, it's all Minus 33 socks. I love Merino wool. Minus 33 does it and does it really well. So I would highly recommend you to check out Minus 33 if you're in the market for some Merino or for new base layers and you haven't tried Merino. I would highly recommend you to check it out. Guys, thanks for listening. Have a great week.